You are listening to the Sports CDP Crash Course, your go-to podcast for all things sports related. We talk about how sports clubs and teams can sell more tickets and merchandise than ever before and how they can negotiate sponsorship agreements of higher value. We also champion women's sports and discuss how data and innovation can help bring equality to the sports industry. We have interviewed industry leaders who have worked with the likes of the NFL, FC Barcelona, Women in Football UK, FIBA, the Davis Cup, just to name a few. So don't miss out. Listen to today's episode. What story are you writing? Together, we can create a more inclusive working life where more people feel seen, heard and safe. These are the words you see when you land on Anna Blixt's website. Anna Blixt is an expert diversity and inclusion educator and facilitator with a strong passion for improving the work lives of others because she believes that the workplace is the perfect starting point for societal change. Today, we get to talk to Anna about the importance of diversity and inclusion in sports. Anna, welcome to the podcast. Thank you. Before we begin, we like to start off our sessions with an icebreaker. Are you ready for that? Yes, hit me. What's your favourite quote, expression or motto and why is it your favourite? I, I, I don't know how like internationally known the, the TV show Scum is. It was pretty big. And, and there's a girl there who, who, who had a quote on her bed and I think about that a lot, which is everyone you meet is fighting a battle you don't know. So be kind always. Absolutely. And that's so it's always such an important conversation, especially like um, online, you know, because it's so easy to, to just say stuff and just mindlessly scroll and comment and leave a negative comment, not thinking about how people might be affected. A friend of ours here, um, Sahaj, who works for Areto Labs, they did a study research showing that the kind of abuse that women athletes and women in sports receive and so whenever you say be kind it kind of made me think about that and the importance of being extra kind especially online great quote yeah thank you well the first thing I think our listeners would love to know is what is your connection with sports I know you played college sports in the US and you're really involved in the Swedish sports arena but please take us back to the start and perhaps end with what um, you're currently doing in the sports space today I was raised in a very sporty family Uh, (laughs) I started playing soccer when I was like six or seven and I kept playing until well yeah so I played in the states when I moved back to Sweden I got injured and I well yeah I met my first boyfriend so uh, I quit (laughs) and uh, but then I started playing again uh, like four years ago with a bunch of people who like with pretty much the same stories everybody quit during their teens or like early 20s and and then we all started again and I've been playing ever since so that's so yeah so I'm still playing football which is the joy of my life and I'm also I'm I'm, I'm on the board of our club so I'm also at like a lot of meetings with district association which is um important as a young woman or well, definitely young compared to the other participants on these meetings <laughs> and also very much a woman compared to the other. 
participants. And speaking of quitting, I think that that is something that is very um, an interesting phenomenon because studies show that girls quit sports at a faster rate than than boys, for example, when we're talking about school-going uh, pe- children. Mm-hmm. And then you kind of mentioning as well that you quit when you were sort of in your early 20s and now you're kind of coming back. And mm-hmm. you kind of jokingly said, oh, I met my boyfriend, so I quit. But um, I think, like, there is something to that, right? So when, whenever you talk to, say, the people that you're playing with right now, what are some of the reasons that girls or women end up quitting sports at a sort of higher pace than than guys or men? I've done a lot of research uh, in this, actually, because I'm very interested in the, in the reasons. So generally in my team, it's because things got too serious. And it wasn't just for fun anymore. And you had to choose. But that's also like the difference between for like sports for girls and sports for boys is that for boys it's usually there's more teams more people uh in most sports and and especially than in soccer and you can also choose between if you want to go like all in if you want to you know uh well not go pro but aim for it or if you just want to play for fun and that doesn't really exist for women so when you hit a certain age you have to choose if you want to go all in or if you, well, if you don't want to do it at all, because that's the only alternative. And that's a, a, a big problem. So that's what our team is trying to counteract, mm. like women just playing for fun. So we, we, we pride ourselves with being Sweden's best team at losing. And we have a lot of fun. And we, we actually have like a list of people that want to play. And every week a new person signs up. So it's a long list of people that want to play in our team. Or women that want to play in our team. Because we have so much fun. Although we are the the worst team. Wow. Because uh, we lose all the time. But we have a lot of fun. And we That's... drink a lot of beer. <laughs> That's really, really amazing. But tell us a little bit more about your team. Because you've said our team a few times. But uh, which team is this? And tell us a bit more about them. So our team, we have three like senior level teams. But our team is the only one that plays in um, a, a league or a division. But it's the lowest division. And we're usually in the bottom of that division. Basically just a lot of people playing for kicks. <laughs> I love that. I've never heard someone so optimistic and so <laughs> happy about losing before. And I think, I think, but there's something to that, isn't there? Just to, to just have fun, just do it. Who cares if you're losing? What's the worst that could happen? You will exactly. lose and it, the worst is happening and it doesn't really affect how you feel. No, you know? exactly. Yeah. Um, and we've had a lot of teams uh you know when you hear them talking after a game they're like do they know they lost <laughs> but we're almost always the happiest team after a game i mean sometimes perhaps someone got injured and we're sad for that person but otherwise yeah that's that's absolutely brilliant i love it i love it well anna we all have our passions and crosses to bear so to speak but i'm really curious why equality in the workplace how did you discover that you were passionate about this i guess it was actually social media during my bachelor's i i started reading 
a lot about feminism uh, on like Facebook and Instagram. And I was like, there was a lot of Facebook groups where these questions were discussed. So I, I think that's where it started. Like that's what I, re I've always been very interested in injustices and I've always been very passionate about it. I wanted to become a, a diplomat, <laughs> but then I, I continued after my bachelor's to study gender studies. So in my master's was uh, social studies of gender. I wanted to pursue a career within politics, but then I learned also from like what I gathered uh, during my studies that change doesn't really come from politics, but it rather comes from business. And through my studies, then I learned that, okay, the way to make a change is through work life because that's where people are and I want to make a difference in people's everyday life rather than like legislating laws. One of the things that you said to me when we first met in person is that you're not here to preach to the choir when it comes to equality, diversity, inclusion, but rather that you want to talk to and reach the unbelievers. Mm -hmm. How did you reach the conclusion that this is what you kind of wanted to focus on or the approach that you wanted to take in your journey of kind of um, bringing about change? I guess I, I've always um, I've always discussed a lot of politics and values with people um, whose values I don't share because I'm from a small place where, yeah, where people didn't really share my beliefs. So I had to discuss with them because I also love discussing. I mean, I, I wasn't forced to discuss, but you, you know. <laughs> um, and I really like to understand how people think. And I've always been very like inquisitive. So so that's where it started with me always like wanting to understand other people's views and other people's perspectives on things. And I've also realized that other people within my area of expertise, they're really good at preaching to the choir. I don't mean that in a negative way. They're really good at like talking to the choir. Like they're really good at that, explaining to and making them more engaged. And be what I like to do is rather engage the people who find feminism to be humbug so I just really want to because I can and I do find it a lot more developing and it gives me a lot more it gives me a lot more energy to talk to people and try to understand how how they're thinking about something and also not trying to convince them but just trying trying to have them understand me I want them to understand where I come from because that's what they're I think that's what we're missing they don't understand where I, if they don't understand where I come from, where all this talk about gender equality and inclusion and diversity, if they don't understand where that comes from, they're not going to be able to be a part of the change. So uh, rather than, than explaining theories, I want to explain, yeah, where it comes from, where, where, where my beliefs come from. And I, I absolutely um, like your approach because one of the things that I'm personally um, passionate about is also bringing everyone in on the conversation because that's when change happens quicker, right? Mm -hmm. Because if we are in agreement, then it's kind of like, yeah, we, we are sort of trying to do our part in that sense because we agree, because we understand. But if a huge chunk of the population doesn't understand something, instead of just leaving them behind, where there's risk of saying, oh, we we know what's right and they're not doing what's right, where there's like that division happens you want to bring in as many people as possible because at the end of the day we might not agree on on the what and the how and the why but we are human and getting to understand each other a bit more getting to empathize with, with each other a bit more really yeah. helps get over those um 
those big issues, not get over them, but go through the big issues together without alienating anyone. Exactly. Empathy. That's um, the key word, I'd say. Absolutely. And um, I mean, one of the things apart from playing uh, football and um, or soccer, as you call it, and apart from sort of doing the diversity is that you're also actively involved in the supporter culture in mm-hmm. Malmö. Um, can you tell us about what you do when it comes to supporter culture? Together with a few friends, I started a supporter club for FC Rosengård, which is the best team in Sweden. And they also now played Champions League, although that didn't turn out too well. But uh, they played Barcelona, Bayern Munich, for example. Because it, it, it all started like with us just wanting to bring more people to the games. Like we couldn't understand, like how aren't there more people looking at this? Like why aren't people watching these games when this is the best team in Sweden? And whenever Sweden's playing, there's a lot of people. And I mean, they played in Malmö. So many people came to watch them. So we couldn't really understand like why aren't people coming? And that's what we're trying to do. We're just trying to to have more people at the games to enjoy what we're loving. I've had meetings with newspapers and other media about the coverage of women's sports. And I've become very engaged in, because I don't understand like how is this not a bigger thing? Like how, because we have a men's team in our city which is huge so many people go watch their games and i don't understand i can't see like because rosengard's doing a lot better than the other team so i am the men's team so i can't see how people don't just like appreciate this and how they're missing out on it so so that's um what engages me i guess so you're trying to mobilize as many people to come to the women's games as possible what we're doing is also creating an atmosphere that people want to be a part of so it's not like we're out you know knocking on doors but it's rather that we want to create an atmosphere where people feel like, oh, I really want to be there. Uh, and then we also, you know, we invite friends, always like trying to get people to come. We want to we want to make fe- people feel more like they're missing out on something, <laughs> I guess. I get you. I get you. So instead of yeah. tr- rallying the troops, you're trying to make the troops come. Like you, you're showing them like this is what's this going is on. Candy. This is fun. That's so great. That's such a great approach. Once again, yet another great approach. (laughs) (laughs) Um, But what other areas in sports do you think there's plenty of opportunity for um, re-evaluation and improvement when it comes to becoming true champions of diversity and inclusion? Like what, um, besides the supporter culture, besides the kind of playing actively and bringing in a crowd that is not necessarily always served uh, meaning those who just want to play sports for for yeah. fun and play football for fun what other areas do you think exist within sports it could be within the context of sweden or with the context of football but what opportunities are there for people to sort of champion diversity in a in a concrete and real way i mean there's so many things that needs to be done and we're so far away from being equal i mean generally all like the big sports in sweden it's very white and if we take soccer take soccer for example you can see that throughout the national team especially on the men's side or the boys side there's a lot of of, of boys with like different ethnicities and but but the the older they get the wider the team gets and that's because like when it gets serious you need like that's when like prejudices and unconscious biases it really 
affects like the leaders of the teams because they want people to obey laws or laws rules uh, and they want people to you know just be one of the team not be a star or whatever and that really affects like their views and their prejudices that they have about certain people affects who uh, who gets the chance and that's also something like I guess in all sports and in all and, and just like different opportunities that people have with like how how much different sports cost and I'm not sure I'm answering your question but I just feel like there's there's so many things that we need to do in so many areas that thinking about it because I read so much about this I talk so much about this I'm a part of it in so many ways I'm having trouble being optimistic <laughs> when thinking about like what opportunities are there? Well, there's uh, too many because there's so many things to do. I I feel you. Yeah, I I I really felt that in like when you said that that there's just plenty of opportunity to to do so much that when you're actively involved in it, it can, it can be difficult to to be optimistic about the future or the present as well. I've actively decided to to narrow it down. Like I'm as I said, I'm on the board of my club. Uh, so I'm talking about like gender equality mainly, uh, but also about like equality for all in these meetings with and different clubs and different associations. So I'm doing that, and I'm also doing but just by practicing sports, <laughs> but then also the supporter club. There's so yeah. many things I want to do, but I, I I had to decide that this is the only things I'm doing. I can't do more. Yeah, 100%. I read a book, I think it's called uh, Follow the Joy by Jason Kurtz or something like that. Mm -hmm. And he just talks about going to India to find himself. Mm -hmm. Um, And then he talks about, I'm probably going to butcher this, but he talks about Mother Teresa and how people would ask her questions about like, don't you see this problem that's going on? You need to help do this. You need to help do that. You can't just stay in your sort of like hospice or charity and uh-huh. take care of the sick. What about the the all the other problems? And then she kind of said, well, if you're passionate about that, then you solve that because I cannot solve exactly. every problem in the world. Yeah. And it was such a, the, the author, Jason, was, was writing about that to say like he fi- fi- finally got to a point where he realized that he cannot possibly try to solve every problem in the world. You can pick your battle, so to speak, and focus on that and make some change in that. And you would have done pl- plenty. And I mean, that's what board was it did with the optimization of, yeah, do what you do best. Uh, I mean, that's what society did. That's why we're here. because everybody started specializing so yeah we should do that within our activism as well focus our on our core values or core fights (laughs) yeah yeah no i get you i get you Mm. i mean earlier we spoke a little bit about social media and um Mm. one of the things that i've seen um you know sometimes you go into the comment section and you're like why did i do that (laughs) it's like i don't learn every time i go into the comment section and i see something and i'm upset the whole day but one of the things that I've seen in different publications and like the comment section is mm-hmm. when people talk about the reason they don't watch women's sports or listen to or pay much attention to women's sports is because of the constant complaining about diversity and inclusion and that they per- they perceive 
these conversations as too political and therefore not belonging to the sports sphere. What's your opinion on such statements when people say you're making football too political or you're making sports too political? Let's focus on the game and stop talking about politics. Well, everything's political. Sport is definitely political. Um, So racism stops so many athletes. Uh, Sexism stops so many women and girls from practicing their sports, for example. Um, And and, I mean, just look at uh, the Men's World Cup. It's all political. I mean, everything we do is political. It's also different meanings of the word political because politics is one thing. I mean, politics as in politicians practicing their work and people talking about values and injustices and discrimination. That's something else. It's so political. To me, it's not politics. It's political. And that's something that we need to talk about all the time in order to... Because, you know, it's it's these kind of people that also say it's always been like this and it's been good. Uh, like, we're good with this. But if that would have been an argument, then we wouldn't have... We would still be running around naked. And we're just trying to improve. We're trying to include more people. We're trying to have less people feel bad about themselves or or be uh, upset about not being able to practice their sport or uh, more people um, having opportunities. It's just like we're trying to include more people. How is that ever a bad thing? But that's that's like also what I'm... I never like... So I had my first panic attack once uh, when I was scrolling through a common field so I don't do that anymore <laughs> ah. um, yeah, yeah true story like I basically never engaged at all in any comment sections because as I said like I want to understand people it's not possible to understand people because they're not gonna you know we don't really we're too biased when we're commenting online mm-hmm. we don't want to understand the other person we just mm-hmm. want to to push our views and our opinions on them so we don't want to understand people. We just want to, you know, spit it all out there. But maybe on a more positive note, let's try to <laughs> let's try to find some positives. And uh, because no matter how dire a situation is, there's always, always something good that's happening or something that makes you feel optimistic. And in the sports industry, have you seen any changes recently that made you more optimistic about the future of sports when it comes to diversity and inclusion? Well, this is this is an easier question <laughs> than the one with like the opportunities because for just focusing on the good things, it's it's of course it's um well the World Cup for example, or no, it wasn't World Cup, it was um uh, the European uh, Championships. Sorry for women, so many people. It was crazy. Like yeah, it was amazing. Uh, if anyone has a chance to go to Australia for this summer's World Cup this summer, please do. It's families, it's kids, it's not it's not drunk, loud people. It's happy, cheering and friendly people. I've been to a lot of big championships for men. This was the first I was for women. So I, I grew up traveling, watching different like World Cups and in the Europeans. So I've done both. Um, and this was truly something else. But then, no, I mean, also, like, people generally, people are becoming more aware when someone um, expresses, like, outdated uh, opinions or, like, sexist, racist, 
and people call them out because it used to be just us it used to be the social media feminists and now it's all people calling out these kind of comments like a pretty common example with um journalists you know being like oh so the first person ever to win 10 gold medals is this person or is this man when really a woman has already done it and and a lot of people are reacting to those kind of statements for example so so that's general awareness which is um well it's it's not it's not it's not new but it's really it's really thriving i'd say it's growing and that's it's yeah that's beautiful to see but then also like parasport is getting a lot more attention which is so so there's like you know all these different like very different things to be optimistic about have you seen yeah, the... so not talking about areas of improvements but rather talking about the small improved areas it's, it's much <laughs> easier yeah <laughs> have you seen the let's correct the internet movement oh yeah i have yes oh my god wow How brilliant. yeah it's amazing it's it's quite yeah yeah for anyone who doesn't know what um, let's correct the internet is i will put a link in the, the description box here below and you can just follow that and, and see it's it's so cool i watched their their ad or yeah their ad and it was oh chills and uh, it took me back to drama school days where like we would talk about evocation, you know, like you do something and then it just your whole being is like comes alive and you're really questioning like what's what, what's actually going on. And the ad had that same effect where like you really just stop and go, oh, is this happening? You know, and I think that we need those moments of just like wake up and smell a coffee. And I think that they do that so, so well. I love it. Yeah. It's, yeah it's it's really like you know that that's my cup of tea <laughs> but if there's someone listening today who wants to do their part in being a diversity and inclusion champion what advice would you give them how can they get started or maybe how can they support those who are, who are already actively working towards this supporting those who are already active i'd say listen and then like give your time give your engagement show them that like whatever you need me to do i'll i'll help out generally I'd also say like try to question the status quo who are the people in your team or club who does your sport attract what kind of people where do they come from how can you reach further like how can you reach other types of people what priorities are made within your club or sport or team who is prioritized where does the money go like you know so so just like question status quo question and, and and like why are things done in this certain way it's not because it's the best way it's because that's how it's always been done so we have to question it and we have to say like, why are these things being done in in certain ways and what can we change and who is affected by the ways it's done today how can we reach more people make our like our association more inclusive if you're working with kids for example have a survey just like google forms and ask them what do you need to feel comfortable or or, or uh, safe what makes you happy playing your sport what is missing ask them what do you want and perhaps like uh, well, I want, uh, so I actually, I asked a few kids the other day, like, what do you want in a coach? And they said, someone who's friendly and not saying that you're a bad player. Okay. So is that something that you have experienced? You know, so we have to talk with kids because kids are the future. We have to make them feel safe and happy about what they're doing. Fantastic. Th those are very practical steps 
that people can take. And so I hope that I, I know that this will be very valuable. So thank you so much for sh for sharing that. And finally, what exciting things are you currently working on or doing? And where can people find you if they want to connect with you? Well, I'm releasing the third season of my podcast, which is called Jämställt Arbetsliv or Gender Equal Work Life. It's not, it's, it's about inclusion in general. But, um, there's only one episode in English though, but it's about uh, master suppression techniques. So that might be interesting. Uh, and football season is coming up. So our team is playing, but more importantly, Rosengård is playing. Love that. And if someone's in Malmö, please join us. And if you want to reach out, I am pretty active on LinkedIn, or you can go to my website, which is anablixt.com. So my name.com, where you can find me and read more about me and what I'm doing. Yes, and we will be sure to link everything in um, the show notes and the description. So uh, please feel free to get in contact with Anna and just get the conversation going and you will get some pretty practical tips from Anna um, on what you can do as an individual, as a company, as an organization, whatever capacity you are inquiring in, you will be able to get some pretty good practical steps. Anna. It has been such a pleasure having a conversation with you. Thank you so much for coming to the podcast. Thank you. Thank you for having me. If your goal is to get more supporters, superior sales and real revenue, then visit our website at datatalks.se and fill out our demo form to experience firsthand how we can help you. Data Talks, more supporters, superior sales, real revenue.